Welcome to the Disney View Podcast. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer. He's a one-time cast member, and he's been to Disney World literally hundreds of times. Listen in as he talks about one of his favorite things, the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, and occasionally beyond the Orlando theme park. And now, here's your host. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to part two of my tour around all four parks at Walt Disney World. As I told you in the last podcast, I really like to tour the heck out of the parks and have a great time and see as much as I possibly can. So come with me as I continue to tour around the uh, parks. As you know, I started off with Epcot, then went over to the studios. If you ever make it over to the Hollywood Studios, I highly recommend going through uh, Walt Disney One Man's Dream. There's an ever-changing cast of things that they have here that are from the history and the archives and things that are of interest to the Walt Disney Company, and I think it really is pretty neat, the, uh, all of the different elements that they bring together, because they show you like Walt's old office, they show you uh, some of the construction things about how they, how they built some of the Walt Disney World. They have some early artifacts from how Walt Disney used his creative mind to, to build things, and his team, of course, to build things. Uh, so those are all there as a part of what you see. In, the, uh, in Walt Disney's One Man Dream. One Man's Dream. And I, I really do. I appreciate the depth of story that they're telling here. It's, it's almost an overlooked attraction because you walk by it and you just don't think about the things that are there. And every time I come in here, it's a little bit different than the time before. There's a different couple of elements that are in here that make it just interesting and compelling and make me want to keep coming back because you really get a glimpse into the man's life and his times and what he was able to do. Things that kind of... Speaking was Roy Disney uh, talking at the dedication for Walt Disney World. Uh, we have a celebrity with us. 
So back to back to the show and already in progress. We have a celebrity with us, world famous. you're listening to Mulch, Sweat, and Tears, a regularly occurring act here in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. A lot of fun. You can sit there and listen to them. They have a very entertaining and engaging show that does a lot of different things. They kind of go over and play some uh, contemporary music, but uh, have a little fun doing it. It's kind of fun. Good entertainment. Right here on uh, New York Street. So I'm walking by the American Idol experience, and I'm seeing some people auditioning, and I think the idea of auditioning is kind of cool. It gives a little bit of interactive experience in the whole thing, so you could be a part of the American Idol, and you get a chance to audition and be in front of some friends and family and maybe a few other guests who are in the park and doing your audition. And uh, the way Disney works is it works it since they own uh, ABC. They uh, have the ability to kind of shuffle you to the top. If you do really well here, at least you go on and, and get consideration to actually go on American Idol in the future. So it's kind of cool um, if you're interested in that sort of a thing. It's a good way to kind of get in and you know, get yourself noticed at least. But um, it's kind of kind of cool the way they do that because one of the things about the way uh, the studios was originally set up was it was supposed to be an immersive and interactive experience where you were a part of uh, the productions that were going on. So you would be in a part of, in a movie or a TV show or be a part of something and. Uh, be able to experience it so you would have these different shows and I'll be talking about that on a future podcast but that was the whole intent was you could be a part of these things and it wasn't just uh, you come to the theme park and you wander around it's more immersive than that so it's kind of neat to see them doing that again with the American Idol experience and at least you get an opportunity to kind of interact and immerse in it to a, to a degree All right, so I made it over to Epcot and to the studios, and now it's time to take a little break. I'm actually staying at the uh, Sports All-Stars this time, and so I'm staying on property. I got a pretty good hotel rate, and it was worthwhile considering I would need the uh, parking. And uh, it actually worked out to be a little bit cheaper than if I'd have stayed off property, uh, considering the parking cost. And so it made a lot of sense to just go ahead and stay here. Now, it's not the greatest hotel in the world. It's a very nice okay hotel for the same price as some of the other hotels out there. It's just fine. It's not any bigger or any smaller than a, you know, regular hotel somewhere else. Often I stay at like a Sheridan or a Hampton Inn or something like that. And it's really no better or no worse than that. So it's fine for what it is. Now, the thing is about it, it's actually, I was watching Hotel Impossible the other day, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen this show, but it's a pretty entertaining look at uh, hotels that are run down and how this guy goes in and helps them fix them. And one of the things he says is, you should be walk in and feel like you're comfortable, it's clean, and that you want to stay there. Because if you don't feel that way, you're going to want to leave. And you walk into the All-Star Resorts, and people are cheerful, and the hotel is very nice, it's very pleasant. It's not the most upscale hotel, certainly, but it is pleasant. You walk in, and they're very nice, everybody's uh, pleasant enough to you, they help you get checked in. And then you go over and you see your room. And your room's okay, but it's clean, it's pleasant, it's got some Mickey accoutrements, and it feels kind of nice. And there's a little bit of theming that goes on that makes it kind of special. 
and uh, it all works out just fine. And if you're just going to be staying there like I'm doing this time and just, you know, crashing there at night and taking a little nap when it's really hot out, it's the perfect opportunity to take a break. So I'm going to take a little break for a bit, and then I'll head back out, and I think I'm going to head over to the uh, Animal Kingdom next. And park number three for the day will be the Animal Kingdom. You know, somehow the seeing this park in the afternoon is not quite the same as seeing it in the morning. In the morning it just has a special feel to it, but in the afternoon it's still pretty nice. Dragon. <laughs> so you have your finger on top. You can bring it in. Thank you. Misread the first time, but I made it through. So here we are. Now, as I said before, I love this park. There's a certain charm to it that makes it different from all the other parks. It, uh, it's laid out differently. It has a different vibe to it. Um, but I really like it. And I just, uh, once I understood all the detail that went into all of the different exhibits and how all the uh, buildings have permits and they're all structurally like they might be in, uh, in the appropriate region, it kind of took on a whole new meaning for me. Uh, kind of like I was talking about in Epcot, where there's all these different things that kind of fit together and it, it's in the architectural styles and everything works. It's really kind of interesting and I, I enjoy uh, seeing this park this way. Ah, the Tree of Life. It, it, has, it has a nice centerpiece for this, uh, this particular location, this uh, park. I think it really does kind of speak to the uh, nature of the park and the animal conservation that they have in mind. And this relates back to Walt Disney's original vision for kind of keeping something different uh, where, where you think about the uh, nature of what Walt Disney had in mind when he was... Try that again. And this goes right along with uh, Walt Disney's vision when he was thinking about how to make uh, a live animal park and making it a focal point uh, with what, uh, what happens there. And that reminds me, I need to do another podcast uh, specifically about that and uh, having the live animals and doing the, um, doing the Jungle Cruise and his wildlife adventures. I think there's a, an interesting story in there somewhere.
There are a number of interesting details around uh, the park. And as I walk around, one of the things is over in Dino Land, there's a board directly across from the Boneyard uh, Fossil Fun Site. And it's got this richness to it as though there's a bunch of people who are living here in this uh, dig site. And they're connecting with each other. So there's, you know, if you have a position available, you need a research assistant at the Dino Institute. Somebody's looking for a um, place to live. There's famous quotes. There's uh, little charts for the, uh, the field. There's the, uh, the patches there. Uh, it's, it's very clever the way they've set it up. It almost feels like you're in a real site that's, uh, that's being used that way. And it just makes it that much more fun and interesting. And there's, a, again, there's that richness of detail that most people just walk on past and they're like, why is that there? But there's much more to it than what you might think. And it's just, it's a, it's a remarkable thing. And if you just take the time to read through some of these things, you get a, an interesting feel for kind of what the, what the Imagineers are trying to, the story they're trying to tell. Primeval Whirl is one of the more whimsical rides that's around. It's very clever the way they've set it up and they have you kind of going through time as you kind of spin around and go back and forth and up and down. It's, good. it's a very funny little ride, a little, uh, little, little showpiece for, uh, for Dino Land. I think it, uh, it kind of works in here. And then, of course, you have the, uh, the uh, um, Triceratops Spin, which is really just the, uh, the, uh, the same kind of system that you know, Aladdin's Magic Carpets and Dumbo use. But uh, it's still fun. You know, it's still a good time. Everybody seems to enjoy it. They go on it. They have some fun with it. And uh, that, makes it, that makes it entertaining. And that's, uh, that's what it's all about, right? Just having some good entertainment and enjoying yourself. So being over in the Animal Kingdom, I wanted to check out a restaurant I'd never tried before, so I went to the Yak and Yeti, which is more recently opened, uh, and it was actually very good. Now, an interesting thing is that it's actually run by Landry Restaurants and not by Disney itself, which is kind of an interesting thing that Disney is doing, and I think it's probably for the best in the long run, because you get some interesting uh, restaurants that you don't have to run yourself, and you can get some different uh, kinds of chefs in there and different, different kinds of cuisines, and you don't have the overhead of running the restaurant. That's up to the uh, company to run. But uh, it uh, really was pretty good. I thought it was uh, very tasty. I had my uh, had a ma uh, maple tamarind chicken with some uh, rice and I thought and some uh, mushrooms and bok choy that were stir fried and it was really very tasty. A nice dish. I'll have to try making it at home. Actually, I enjoyed it that much. Now, interesting thing you may realize about me is I'm talkative. I tend to uh, be loquacious and talk to a lot of different people and. When it comes to uh, when it comes to women, I can tend sometimes be a little bit of a flirt. I bet you wouldn't have imagined that about me. Just ask my friends; they say that about me all the time. Uh, now, so I uh, I was dining alone, and uh, there was a, a nice waitress there, and she was she was very pleasant. And so I wound up, you know, kind of chatting up chatting her up a little bit. Don't tell my wife or anything. But no, I'm just kidding. It's all good. Um, just for fun, you know, just having a little fun with it because I tend to talk, and that's who I am. 
But uh, it's always interesting because when you go in as a single person, which I was doing tonight, and you uh, you have that conversation, it's always kind of fun to have conversations like that and just kind of have a little fun with it and roll with it and you know just uh, get to you know maybe get to know the person just a little bit because it makes it the dining experience just a little bit better. Anyway, so I'm going to head over now. I'm going to leave here, and I'm going to head over to the Magic Kingdom as my next stop uh, for the fourth park of the day. Um, so I've had a good time just kind of wandering around here, uh, through here. Went through a number of different uh, areas on the uh, on the trail, as they say, uh, just checking out different things, and uh, went over to the uh, uh, the, Pun- the Punjani Forest, uh, walked through there for a little while, uh, checked out uh, Expedition Everest, though, as you may have guessed, I did not ride it, because that's not my thing, um, and really just kind of looked around a little bit and just kind of enjoyed the, uh, the atmosphere and soaked it all up. You may hear in the background there's a uh, there's a DJ playing. It's a new thing I hadn't seen before where they're playing some uh, music and uh, they have dancing out there and some things like that. It's really different, but good, good. you know, just a nice way to kind of wind it up. It's back to that whole idea of live music uh, that you hear in the parks at times. So at the Yakinetti, you had an interesting little uh, mix there. The building looks really old, and they've done a nice job of kind of making it look like something that's uh, been there for a really long time and had maybe been repurposed and done some different things. It's very nicely done. And then also they, um, they tell you when you sit down that everything there is an original artifact that's been shipped over from somewhere in Asia, uh, in, the, in that region anyway. Uh, so you can uh, take a look around, take pictures. They encourage you to kind of spend some time and look around, which is really pretty neat because you get a feel for, again, it's that feel for immersion where you feel like you're actually somewhere else other than Disney World. Uh, you know, just the way they, they spend the time to make these things and make them look right is really pretty incredible. Now 
passing the newest addition to Disney Vacation Club, Bay Lake Tower at Disney's Contemporary Resort. As you approach the entrance, please keep your party together and have your tickets ready. sitting in front of the Hulk. And that's pretty much all I have time for today, so be sure and tune in next time to hear part three of my trip around the Walt Disney World Resort. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Show notes can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Looking to do some travel planning? Want to find an authorized Disney vacation planner? You should visit Destinations in Florida. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound On Music. You can find his music at ReverbNation.com slash Sound A. 
Our thanks also go to Doug for his continued contributions to the show. You can find links to other great Disney podcasts, as well as the latest Twitter feed and the Disney Buzz on DisneyPodcast.net. And don't forget to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There's a Hidden Mickeys app for finding and sharing hidden Mickeys at all of the Disney parks around the world. There's also an app designed especially for pin traders. You can keep track of all your pins and your wish lists. Please be generous with your time or a donation to Autism Speaks. We do hope that you've enjoyed your visit and that you drive home safely. Show number 121.